Welcome to this week's Devil Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining me on the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay, mate? You having a good week, mate? Yeah, yeah, really good, mate. Really good. Good result against OKR and, uh, you know, an exciting cup draw as well against Wakefield to look forward to in the Magic Weekend this weekend. So I'm uh, really buzzing at the moment, mate. Yeah, it's great. Obviously, lots of uh, success going on on the field to, to talk about that with us. We've got Parky again, all right, Parky? Evening Rob, evening Paul. It's gonna be another good show. Another good show talking all things off Red Devils. Yeah, yeah, well there's always plenty to talk about, isn't there? You can always say that. Indeed. That's what we're here for, Parky, that's what we love to do. Uh, what have we got on the show this week, Paul? Yeah, we've got the news, we've got the review of the Hulk Car victory in the Cup, we've got an interview with ex Salford player Nick Pinkner. We've also got the amateur news, we've got a special interview with Ray French. And we've got a magic weekend preview of our fixture against Lee. Yeah, loads going on in the show this week. So what we'll do, we'll uh, we'll start with the news coming out of Salford Devils this week. Right. Well, tonight we're going to start with the news, and there was a very important meeting on Monday night in Eccles at the Dog and Partridge. A real sense of loyalty and emotion in the in the room, and I'll just take you through some of the points that were raised. As supporters, it was annoying and upsetting with the great league and cup progress we're making, that we've had to call a meeting to discuss the very existence of Salford Rugby League Football Club. The meeting was not for scaremongering or jumping the gun. It was a real-life threat of losing our name. The meeting was arranged so people could fully understand, discuss the issues we face, and know exactly how we were going to challenge it. I mean, you was at the meeting, you two guys, Rob. How, how did you feel it went on uh, Monday night? Like I said, Paul, it was a very positive meeting. All the fans were there, uh, you know, being very constructive towards what the situation is. Um, and, you know, it was really good, I thought. The energy was good in the room. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's a positive experience for me. Well, the problem was that the rumours started to circulate after the witness game on the 30th of April about a rebrand. We've had quite a bit of support as well. Martin Sadler, Gary Carter, David Burke have written fantastic articles and pieces in the, in the media. And we've also been given the support... Uh, from, from the Mayor of Salford, Paul uh, Parkett, um, that, you know, the, the stuff we've had in the media and the support we've had up to now has been, been fantastic. Uh, I mean, it, it just shows what, you know, the, the wider community think of it, you know, the rugby league community think about it. Um, and, and the council backing, I know uh, uh, Rebecca Long-Bailey, obviously she, she, she came to the meeting as well and she spoke and gave her support. Uh, and it's nice that the council are behind us. It really, I mean, they get can't get a bit of stick at times, I think, um, about the support for the club. But there's a lot, you know, there's a lot gone on there. But for them to, to put their head above the parapet and get involved in something that, you know, may or may not concern them that much was, was really good. But yeah, I mean, Martin Sadler, a much respected rugby league uh, correspondent, uh, his his article was, uh, was you know, was, was very powerful, I thought. Yeah, I think you touched a nerve with everybody. I mean, everybody I spoke to on, on Monday night was all there in the same. It was. It was quite emotional in, in that in that room, and uh, you could really feel the energy and what Salford Rugby League Club means to, to a lot of people. Uh, just going back to the points that were raised, Mr. Kukash had said that rebranding was under consideration. He has had many personal messages from supporters questioning this, and as as far as we're aware, he's not responded to anybody uh, to deny it. So the objective, really, from the people in the meeting was to show our opposition to the idea and get it off the agenda for good. A secondary point that was raised on Monday night was should we be successful 
we should look at getting the Salford badge back on the shirt where it belongs. Rob, I mean, that's been the contentious thing, hasn't it? You know, recently, we sort of lost that. I think it was last season in the close season, wasn't it? And that's a, that's another thing. I know it's a bit of a side issue, but it's, it's important to us Salfordians that that is displayed on the shirt as well, I think. Yeah, Paul, I think it's all about identity at the end of the day. Uh, we as Salford fans, you know, we love the club uh, and we want to be able to, you know, show our pride in, in, our, in our club. Sometimes it can be a bit difficult to identify what, what club it is. Um, but we have bigger fish to, to fry at the moment for me, Paul. And, you know, hopefully, you know, if, if obviously good things happen in the future, um, obviously rebranding, um, it gets put back off the table. Well, just looking at what things the supporters have done up to now. Um, so far, Darren Scholes has arranged a fantastic banner. This was unveiled at, at the Wigan game. We all saw that there. And, uh, you know, we thank everybody who contributed to that because it's a... Uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a great banner and it just gets the point across really well. And uh, Darren and Dennis had ranged for 2004 posters with a clear message and that they were all displayed on Friday night at the, at the whole KR Cup game. Um, just going back to uh, another point that was raised, I have heard in some quarters the action so far has been described as negative. I really struggle to understand the view as I cannot think of anything more positive than fighting for the life of our club and telling the owner and anyone else who wants to take note that we strongly against this idea. I mean, I've heard people on social media say that, you know, certain points are negative and we don't want to rock the boat, do we, this season? We're having a great season on the field and I think it's paramount that, the, you know, we don't disrupt that that great league run and cup run that we're having. But, you know, talking to you guys on, on Monday and speaking to other people, they, we can't just sort of bury our heads in the sand, can we? Because this, this rebranding is, is something that's there now and it, it's something we've got to look at and something we've got to challenge. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's, there's obviously a... A fine line that we we don't want to cross. We you know it, we don't want to turn into a you know a kind of a shield bashing rabble or anything like that. You know, and it, it, this group that came together on on Monday and and the, the actions that have happened with the, you know the A4 posters and and the banner and things like it is just to say that you know this is how we feel. You know, we're a, we, we, there might not be you know hundreds of thousands of us, but you know we're a passionate bunch and we're very proud of our club and our city and. You know, it's just it's just about getting that, that message out there, I suppose. But what we obviously don't want to do is is upset, you know, the, the players as well. I mean, a negative, you know, you turn up on a match day and a bit of a negative attitude, and you know, the atmosphere changes and it becomes a bit hostile. Or something. We don't want that. We want to, you know, continue to support the team in the way we do, which, you know, nine out of ten times is absolutely fantastic. Um, but this is this is a big issue that concerns people, and it's. It's troubling people in, in day-to-day life. You know, the match, you know, you get beat on a, on a Friday or a Sunday. It takes you a few days to get over it. But then, you know, you think, right, well, this week we can get back on it. This thing won't, isn't going away. You know, it's not something we can just put behind us. And, and we need to make our point and, and let, let the people in charge, and you know, whoever's idea this is, let them know that this is how we feel. We don't want to hostile the club. You know, we're behind the club and support everything they do. You know, we are, we, we are, like I say, a very passionate bunch. Um, but uh, <clears throat> we just want them to notice that this is how we feel. Can I just jump in yeah. there, Paul? Sorry. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Salford Red Devils, um, for me, for the city of Salford, it's a beacon of hope for the people of the city. Yeah, it's a rugby league club, but people look at Salford Red Devils as, as a thing that gets them through the day. Like for, for many, many people like that. And... There is a responsibility to them, the club has, to, to perform and promote themselves and be the best club it, it, it can be. And I'm really, us fans, you know, we, we care so much about this club 
and we support you know the players that got on the field the people who work at the club you know we're, we're under we are 100% behind making this club the best it can be and we and that's what that meeting was all about it wasn't sort of negative there was no negativeness it was very positive about the direction you know us fans really want the club to to move into it's all about engaging with with the fans and the club and making the club the best it can be Paul really yeah I totally agree with it I mean I thought as I said before I thought it was very emotional at the meeting and you could feel the amount of care in that room from from the people there and I mean I've not been watching the club as long as some people there some people have been there double the amount of time I've been going and I just thought it was tremendous to, to see that, to see what it means to people. And I think sometimes, I, I don't want to have a, a pop at the owner and the, you know, the people at the top of the club, but I think sometimes they need to sort of look at look at themselves and, and look at look at the people who are looking up to you, look at those people who've been there for years and, and have given given their lives to the, to the club and worked so hard for it. And, you know, if there's one person that could, could put all this to bed tomorrow, it's my man Kuka, she could come out and make a statement perhaps and, and, and put the whole thing to bed. Whether he will do it, I don't know, but I think... You know, at the moment, there's a, there's an awful lot of negativity there, and a lot of doubt there, and we don't really know where we stand, do we? So I think, you know, a statement from uh, from the club would, would be a good thing, Rob. Yeah, I suppose it's all about engagement. Obviously, that the club have their, their own plans. Robbie Paul was on the the Rugby League um, BBC podcast um, and made some interesting points uh, about um, engagement and about opportunity, trying to find an opportunity for Salford Red Devils to, to grow as a club. And that... And that you know, it was a good thing for me. He, unfortunately, he did mention that nothing was off the table. All options were open to us, which which is fine. But end of the day, you've got to work with what you've got. And obviously, with this questionnaire that they put out, out us fans have, have, have obviously got come out there and, and said, this is what we look for as Salford Red Devils. And I'm sure Robbie Paul, with all his marketing training and his degree, will know that, Paul. And he, he is, you know, trained and qualified to make, make the correct decision. And I've got confidence that after looking at all the statistics that he, that he uh, brought up and look and look at, he'll make the right decision and keeping us as Sulphur Red Devils. I certainly hope so, guys. Just while we're on this, I'm just going to finish off with one little statement that was read out um, by the chap who led, who led the meeting on, on Monday. And it's just something that... It touched a nerve with me, and I thought it was, it was a great thing to say. I know it's more sort of football related. It's from a football chairman, actually, who said it, but I think it's from the heart, and I think it, it applies to our situation. He says, As Daniel Levy, chairman of Tottenham Hotspur, said yesterday for the final match at White Hart Lane, we are merely custodians of this great institution at the moment. It is our turn to grow it, support it, and look after it. I think you nailed it there, Paul. I really do. I think it's, it, it, they have a responsibility. And I really am hoping, Parker, that the club, you know, listen to the fans' concerns. I know they've talked about uh, there was a, a petition out in there as well uh, with over 1,300 names. Basically, a message to the people, you know, who can affect these decisions to say, look, you know, we love Salford and we want to keep our identity. Yeah, I mean, something's just sort of sprung to mind there after what, what Paul just read out there, that final comment from, uh, from uh, Daniel Lee there. Um, there's a saying, isn't there, no, no one person bigger than the club. And, you know, I, I, I wish that was true. Um, as Paul said, that one person at the moment who, who you know, whether he, he is or isn't bigger than the club, um, or believes that he is, uh, really isn't. And he is only there to look after our club. You know, and he, if he, or whoever hasn't got the passion and the love for it, just to care for it like he should, 
and then you know eventually batting can get past to somebody else. And uh, you know, is he is he is he doing the right thing for himself? I don't know. I, I, you know, it is a worry, but um, we are you know the club is everything. You know, as individuals, we 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 pass in the night. You know, we we think we're passionate. You know, 50, 60 years ago, the guys that were standing there, then they were just as passionate about it. Um, you know, and, and maybe more so, you don't know. And uh, so, you know, we're all just passing through. And the club is something that should be there to be stable. And uh, as you say, it's for the people uh, and the people of Salford. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Parky. You know, it's, it's kind of like, like Ruben Paul says, talks about opportunity, you know, to, 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 to grow the club, Paul. Um, Robbie Paul's had a bit of a bit of a kick in over on Twitter for fans, but for me that that is a good statement. I'm I'm thinking that he wants to look at what's available to him and help the club grow. And you know, if he does that, then that's great. Yeah, it is great, Rob. I just hope you know no decisions have already been made um, because you'll get the, you'll get the doubters and the skeptics who will say who will say that to you. Um, but it's like this season. Now we're having a great season. We're doing really well, and we just want to keep it positive. And I, and I think. I'm not speaking for all Salford supporters here, but I think most of them will agree with me that all is we want as a supporter is a stable club and to a club to be run properly and for us to know in our hearts he's going to be there next season. And I mean, if you win a trophy or you get to Wembley, it's a bonus. As long as you've got your club there and it's being run properly, I think that that's all you want. But the, the way things have been the last few weeks and, and with the doubt and the rumours and things flying about, that's not how to run a rugby league club. Yeah, I suppose it's all about growing the club, Parker. Yeah, but not alienating your current current uh, supporters. I'll give you an example of this for for our for our podcast, because um, obviously you listen, people are listening at home, listen to the podcast, and I kind of like have a start stats stats report, and basically um, on that on that report every week comes up that there's 20 people in Mexico that listen to us every week, right? And I'm thinking to myself, there's 20 people in Mexico who are interested in rugby league. Is there many more? people in Mexico who might be interested in our Soul for Red Devils podcast. So, do I have to reorganise our, we'll call it marketing, um, you know, plan to aim at the people in Mexico, right, and go full on Mexican. And if I decide to sort of put a post on at 8 o'clock in the morning in Mexico, and it ends up being 2 o'clock in the afternoon here, people aren't going to be able to listen because they're not, they might be at work or they might be out. So, you need, I think, personally, you need to be able to Keep your keep your base happy, and 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 feed them and and, and invest in in them because then Paul they're, they're the people who keep you going because obviously if I you know if I did go and decide to, to move it to Mexico and we could call it Mexico City and twenty twenty people might just turn up and I'd put a load of money in and you still get the same twenty you know tuning every week. Yeah, yeah, I think you know, I think you're spot on there, Rob. You've got you've got to look after and you've got to look after and respect the the people that you've got there. You know your hardcore people and. And there's plenty of them at Salford, isn't there? Right, there might not be tens of thousands of us, but there's there's a good hardcore. And and it was mentioned on Monday night about you know some of the supporters who watch Salford and some of the, the blokes I know, like I said, some of them are quite a bit older than I am. Ladies as well. They're the most knowledgeable and passionate people you come to to, to meet, aren't they? And I've met loads of people through the club, and you know, great people, really salt of the earth people. And and that room on, on Monday night was full of it. I was proud of Monday night, I really was proud. I came out of that, that pub, you know, I felt 10 foot tall, I'm 6 foot 5 as it is, as you know, but <laughs> I came out feeling 10 foot tall out of there, because I've been worried, and I'll admit that, and like you said, Rob, it is, it's about, it's about keeping, you know, the, the, the core people we've got happy there, and I think, you know, the, there's, there's bridges that need to be built. Yeah, that's what it's all about, Park, it's all about club, 
and fans working together to promote to promote sort of Red Devils, the brand. Yeah, you know, loyalty works two ways, doesn't it? You know, we're, we're all very passionate and loyal to our club and we'll be there, you know, whilst they're called Salford Red Devils, you know, we're, that's our life in that way, that and family, I think. But you need a bit a bit of loyalty to your own, you know, any any big chain will tell you, you know, any, any company that you've got to keep the customers you've got happy. And then that's a great way of attracting new customers because if they see that you're happy, you know, that's, that's the way it is, and word of mouth and that kind of thing. It's the same in any, any walk of life, really, any business. And, and that's what we need, just a bit of that, you know, maybe back to us. And, you know, like Paul said, one, one, one statement and uh, all that can be put to bed. Mm. I think it's just about pride, I think. Another example that I'll give you as well. Um, yesterday, with with the petition out and the and the video that I've, I've managed to trim, the one the club made earlier on in the season, our podcast communicated and touched twenty two thousand people yesterday. Out of the Sulphur Red Devil bubble, that's through our listeners sharing the video and liking the video, and that's and that's a massive effort in that in it, Paul. That yeah, it certainly is, isn't it? it it's great that, that that we can we can help out and, and do that. Um, and, and it just it just shows you that you know what you know the power of sort of this, the social media side of things. And, you know, once people start sharing things, it, it does it, it does spread, doesn't it? And uh, you know that's great great work, on. Yeah, and then and like you say, also Willows Road and any 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 supermen all walking around the around the city, Parker. You know, publicising the the Old Kingston Rovers game. The the attendance was three thousand one hundred, which was um, up on our average. Um, which is which is brilliant. It's all about getting out there and getting getting you know the people of Salford known as a gamer. Yeah, I mean it was pointed out on Monday that you look at the other Challenge Cup crowds and as you know, if you looked at their Super League average every week, ours was really encouraging. Really was, you know, it's a big a big sort of uh, a big chunk of what our average crowd would be in the Super League. So you know, it's a, it's a great job, and that I'm not saying that's all it takes, but. A little bit of that, a little bit of advertising, just, you know, keep it, I mean, companies such as, you know, Coca-Cola or, or Apple or whatever, another, you know, other businesses are available, um, they, they don't need to advertise as such, everybody knows who they are, but you can walk around any city in the country and you'll see an advert for them, just, just to keep it there, keep it fresh in your mind, make you think, oh yeah, that's, oh yeah, about that, or, or whatever, and that's all we need, I mean, these guys going around putting posters through the door. It's brilliant, and the fans are doing their part again. You know, we're, we're trying, and we just need a little, maybe from the club, on that side of things. And and most things could, could go away, you know. I, I think you've probably had quite a few people onto the, to the game by just letting them know it's a game on. Yeah, I think, obviously, Robbie Paul, you talked about opportunity, right? You could substitute that word with investment for me. If Salford are able to invest in, in marketing the club, like with let's say radio or TV or newspapers just obviously investing in that part it will make a massive difference on the ground us fans have, have, have decided that we can chip in with the club and help them you know put posters out cover the city but I think the club need to be investing in this area Paul in the, in the marketing to, to, to reach out further than any us fans can get definitely we've needed to do that for the last five years Rob yeah. I mean Without being too negative, what what do the club actually do regarding marketing? I mean, I was working in Salford on Monday, and you know, driving around their um, the precinct place like that, I didn't see anything. There's nothing up there. I don't live in Salford, so I don't I don't see what goes on. And 
there's not there's not a lot is there? there's not no poster you got a Castleford they've got posters all over the show you know on the road the main roads going in around that sort of retail part that they've got just off the motorway and you know they're not a massive club not a massive town are they um, so I don't know you, you can you can do it can't you you don't you'd have to spend millions on it um, I think you've just got to make the effort and get out there and, and, and promote it and shout from the rooftop and let people know that we're here a lot of people I think around the Salford area don't even know we're there so I mean if you can't get the message out to people on your doorstep what chance have you got of people on the side of Manchester I agree with that Paul but like I said before if the budget's not there Parker what can you do if, if, if you've got £10,000 let's say for example as a number I've just pulled out the sky uh, a marketing budget you use that £10,000 to the very very button but if you only got £1,000 you, you can't do £10,000 worth of marketing can you well there's you know there's an old saying isn't there you speculate to accumulate any, any if we need investment which you know if that's what you're saying you know behind the scenes that extra money would, would help but you've got to get these these businesses involved now they're, they're only going to get on board if they see some end game for them so if they come in and say oh well you know I'm, I'm only talking to 4,000 people why am I going to do that you know the club have got to do it first got to make that first move get get people going then people go I want to be part of this business will say I want to be part of this that, that's how it works. You need this this feel good factor. That that's how it happened at Bradford. Even Keith left before that. You know, uh, Warrington another another example. Peter Deacon, a, a, you know, God bless him, he was a, a a massive massive man of this. Uh, he, he got he got this feeling going. In. He had to just put a little bit in first at the front end, and then from there it will it will filter. And you just need. I know money might be tight. I don't know, but. Something's got to be done on that front. I mean, we don't have an academy anymore. Um, I don't know what what you know what what money's going in. The Super League money obviously pays wages, so I'm not really sure where where this money is. Um, but it wouldn't take a lot. You prove there with your you know you start about twenty thousand people looking at that video and mm. stuff. That's that's you and whoever else. You know, in a matter of minutes, really. Like, that's how easy it is. And we start there, <coughs> then money comes, gets involved. You know, fans turn up, and then, and then it's you know everything's good again. I agree with that, Paul. I think Paul, sorry, it's just about getting out there. And us fans, great. You know, we're out there with with posters, but to back us up, we need a bit of investment in that area to, to move us forward. And that's that's the bottom line. We, we can talk, we can run all around the city as fans and and promote with posters and stuff, but without a real life, you know, uh, marketing. You know, budget, it's not the right one. No, um, I don't have It's funny because, you know, we, we did like Pags and we got rid of the academy, so you're going to save save some money from there. But to me, if you own a rugby league club, you don't own it to make money, do you? You're owning it because you want to own it. And if you don't want to own it and you don't want to spend any money, well, don't own it then. I think that's the bottom, bottom line for me. I think if you're the owner of it, you, you've got to throw some money out there and and, and spend and spend some money. If you if you're not if you're if you're an owner and not prepared to put the money in the right places, don't expect to click your fingers and people to turn up because it won't. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it, Parker. It's about investing, like Paul said, in the right areas. Because our club, you know, you can't fault the people who, who who are on the ground working hard, promoting promoting the, the club. But without, you know, a little bit of help, they, you know, their job becomes ten times hard, really, for me. Yeah, and eventually, you know, even even they will say, you know, the most passionate fans would. Say, well, hang on a minute. 
you know, I'm out here in the, the rain or whatever, you know, doing this for me club and, and I'm getting nothing back, you know, the, the, there is no support for us. We're doing all the work um, and, and all we're getting is, you know, people sort of complaining about it, you know, saying that people aren't turning up. Well, we, again, yeah, like you say, we just need a bit of help. The fans, we're, we're more than willing, more than willing to do our bit. Monday night, again, prove that the people turn up short notice a, a meeting arranged in, in in a couple of days you know in in a terrible evening weather wise and you know uh, and people obviously across city and uh, wherever else wouldn't have been able to make it because you know traffic or whatever else but then people turned up we, we are there and we are willing to do our bit but just a bit of support and uh, you know the, the, the club just pushing itself a little bit yeah uh, is all it's going to take Invest invest in your people, Paul. I think that's the that's the message, Paul. Yeah, def- definitely, definitely. Like Parky said, just echo what he said. There, you've got you've got the, the supporters. The supporters will do anything for Salford. You know, the people that you see there. I mean, we're behind them every week. There's not, there's not loads of us, but you know, we do anything for the club. And that I think that was shown on, on Monday night. And there's a lot of great people working the club. The foundation as well do a great job. You know, John Blackburn speaking speaking to him the other night. These are really passionate people who, who who give the heart and soul to the club, don't they? And all right, there's not like a massive team of marketing people at the club, but the, the people who are there are good people. And I think it just do, just does need a bit more investment in certain areas. And it's it's about investing in the right areas. And sometimes I don't think we, we do enough of that. And uh, obviously that's a discussion you'd have to have with, with Marlon Kukash, really, not not me, because I don't know what he spends and, and where he spends it. But um, I think the, the bottom line is for me anyway. The, certain money needs to go in certain areas yeah so obviously great meeting very positive uh, and we'll go from there other news uh, Parker new, uh, another magic weekend coach has been put on by the club uh, great news obviously more fans able to get up to Newcastle yeah um, uh, funnily enough I um, I only realised at the start of this week that I had actually got my ticket I got my train ticket sorted <laughs> and I mean, planned out but I didn't actually have a match ticket um, and I got in touch with uh, uh, a, a, a young lady at the stadium. I, you know, I spoke to her and said that I, I presume we're still selling tickets for the game. And she informed me that they, they, this was yesterday that they had another 100 delivered, and that that was all they were going to get. And she said, "Then you know they're not going to sit around for long." And I went down and, and I picked up a couple, and um, I, I found out uh, earlier on today that, that, that they'd all gone. So it looks like you know big people, you know, well up for this, and it's. Uh, it's good to see, and you know, an extra coach at this stage. I don't remember the last time Salford had to do that too many times. Um, but yeah, no, he's good, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, the fans will turn up and, and fill these coaches. And um, you know, it was just like say people going on trains and making their own way. Um, but it looks positive. We, you know, we sold out all the tickets, asked for more, got more, and sold them. Yeah, brilliant. It's fifteen pounds for for season ticket holders, twenty pounds if you're not. Um, day tickets available from. Six pound for concessions. Um, is it twelve pound fifty for season ticket holders for if you're an adult? Parker, um, sorry, Paul. You know, I suppose it's great. Obviously, people are going to get down there. To, it's a big day out, uh, and hopefully, come away with a win. Yeah, it's a big day out. It's, it's, it's very reasonable. The prices are excellent. It's an excellent stadium, isn't it? I mean, I went there last year and the year before as well. Belting stadium, belting views. Right, in, the, the grounds right in the town centre. A really good atmosphere, dead friendly people, and it's not a million miles away either. But and the way we're playing at the moment, the last the last few weeks since we come back from Catalan, we're, we're on fire, aren't we? I mean, 
we'll talk about the OKI game shortly, won't we? But the, we're on form, aren't we? You know, no disrespect to Lee. I think it's a, it's a very winnable game for us. So, uh, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, we win on um, on Sunday. I think we've got twenty we've got twenty points, haven't we? Mm. Yeah, that's the that's the golden number, Parky. Twenty points. Uh, you know, we'd have took that early in the season, wouldn't we? Ah, shit, you could say that again. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, let, I, I, I know Watto won't let him switch off, and he'll, you know, he, yeah, it'll be on the players, mate. They'll know that they've got 20 points, and that should be good enough for top eight. I mean, but it's about winning week in, week out. You take your fourth medal in two league for one minute, and, you know, you've lost, and form goes out the window, and confidence drops, and, you know, like you say, we've got a cup game coming up, and things like that. like a dream to me really uh, Paul you know obviously where we are I'm not even lo- it might sound weird but I'm not even I'm not even looked at the league table do you know what uh, I don't really I was talking to one of my mates at work today who's a sort of a passive Wigan supporter and he's been really quiet he didn't phone me he normally phones me a couple of times a week and uh, he didn't phone me the other week you know when we beat him so I said to him today he'd been really quiet you know, and he said so oh, you get a nosebleed at the top of the league I said yeah, I said I think we're fourth now. That is an injustice. We're actually third, aren't we? So <laughs> just just shows what I know. But um, but yeah, I think it's been great. It's been it's been a great season up to now. And I mean, at the end of the day, guys. I mean, we, we could have twenty points on, on Sunday. Um, I think Sunday's the twenty first of May. Is it? If you'd have said to us at the start of the season, you, you'll have twenty points by the middle of May. You'd have thought, oh, bloody hell, you're, um, you're going a bit there, right? It's twenty points by the middle of May. But it's been been tremendous, hasn't it? And, and with a bit of luck, we could have had a few more as well, couldn't we? So. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the, the rugby we've played as well, you know, some of it's been, been tremendous, hasn't it? You know, some of, some of the tries we've scored, some of the games we've been involved in. So it's all positive at the moment, isn't it? And I, I'm really excited for, for Sunday. I think it's going to be a great day out, great atmosphere as well. And again, that, that lends itself, doesn't it, to people turning up. You know, winning yeah. games. We're just, yeah. just winning games. Winning, and the more that goes on, and hopefully, you know, that people can, you know, or the club can stick by this. And, uh, you know, year on year, this will just get bigger and bigger. And, uh, and it's not just the winning, by the way, I will say it's the style of play that we've we've got. Yeah, uh, we're a very entertaining team, a very very watchable, and that's why that's why people will turn up, and that's why, like you say, let's just stick on another coach for uh, for Sunday. Yeah, I think it's like you say, it's all about you know getting a message out. The club have uh, put out a bringing you fan uh, initiative where for ten pound you can get t- tickets for is it Catalan Dragons and Wakefield Paul. Uh, you know, it's I think it's good, but like I said, like we said before. It's about reaching out, reaching out outside the Salford Devils bubble. We can go to our friends and say, come and watch Salford. And about, we've tried to do that for years and years. And it's, it, it feels for me a bit like the boy that cried wolf, that at the moment we've got a team that's worth watching. But after years of disappointment, it's it's, getting, it's hard to get him you know, to come and follow you, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it certainly is, mate. I mean, most of my friends think I'm daft, because uh, that's all I talk about when I see him. You're miming about this, tell him about that. And I always have done. Um, and most of my friends tell me to, to get out of it because it's all rubbish, but can't say that anymore now because, because we're doing well. So I'll, uh, I'll definitely be trying to drag someone along to, to the, the Catalan game. And like Parky said there, though, it is about building momentum. I mean, you're not going to go from sort of three to 4,000 to 10,000 overnight. It's a slow building progress, and we're making so much progress this season. You know, we get a good close season. You know, see where we can go this season. We might end up winning something this season, but if we don't, you move on to next season, then you build on what you've had this season. I thought the crowd... 
against against all care. I mean, I know it wasn't the biggest crowd in the world, but when you compared it to to the other crowds, like Parky was saying before on the weekend in the in the Challenge Cup, I think Leeds only got about five thousand. They normally get about fifteen. So I mean, pay on the gate there on a Friday night. I thought it was a great effort uh, by the supporters what were there, and, and you were stood with me, weren't you, Rob, on, on Friday yeah. night and, and the atmosphere. We how many times did we say it was absolutely electric, wasn't it? Mm. The, the, the noise that was that was made, it, it really was tremendous. Uh, yeah, I don't know about you, Parky, but it was where me and Paul were in the uh, south, the east, west stand. It was massive. It was really, really loud to shout at each other at one point to make each other heard. But in in the stand, was it as loud where you were? Yeah, certainly in the second half as well. It, 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 something I, I don't know. A, a, a switch got flipped. So I think at half time in the south stand. It, I mean, it was good beforehand, but um, yeah, all of a sudden, as soon as the team come out, I think, I think something. I don't know when the team emerged. I don't know if there was an electricity around the place or something like that. And everybody just went, this is it. I mean, that tried before our time, obviously, yeah, but, um, no, but <coughs> fantastic atmosphere really was. For, like you say, for, a, for not a massive crowd on a, you know, a Friday night. And, I mean, fair play to all care fans, they, you know, they played their part. But, yeah, the South Stand was, was pretty much rocking in the second half. It was really noisy. Yeah, like I say, it was a great, great night, great win. And, Obviously, we'll talk about that next in the show. Uh, final bit of news, uh, Challenge Cup draw. Um, Paul, uh, Wakefield at home. Uh, great result. Uh, Wembley gets uh, a little bit closer. Yeah, yeah, I was hiding behind a couch when the draw, <laughs> the draw was made. And I thought it was warming up, Paul. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't think you could argue with that, Rob. I think, you know, people would probably say, oh, Featherstone Rovers would have been a good good draw. And that's no disrespect for them because they're, they're a very good side. And I watched their game against Halifax and... Um, on, on Thursday night, but I think any any draw at home is a good one, and you avoided the farm side, Castleford. I saw a bit of them on, on Saturday against Sale, they look, look really good. Um, but we beat them already this season, so I didn't really fear anybody, to be honest, but I just wanted us to get a home draw. I think at all, you can't argue with a home draw. The Wakefield is, is a winnable game, but they, they, it won't be easy. They're a tough side, and, and we found that out when we played them at Bellevue earlier in the season, but I uh, don't think you can argue with a home draw. Yeah, it's going to pack. I think it's going to be a bit of a, a pressure cooker atmosphere because obviously we're looking at this game thinking we should be we'll beat Wakefield at home and then you're in the semi-final and it's you know lottery time yeah well I mean you know let's keep our feet on the ground we've won nothing yet you know Wakefield they know how to win games that's something that they've they've done for years you look at the squad sometimes you think they've got to be getting relegated this year or they've got to do this and then they'll finish in the top eight so you know that's this isn't an easy game that's what we've got to remember um it is a favourable draw. You were at home, you know, uh, against a team that yeah we can, you know, we can be, and we, you know, we certainly should be fearful. Um, but we, you know, we've got to remember that. But um, yeah, I mean, like say, it'd be nice to, to, to get feathers done. As Paul said, you know, no disrespect to them, but they are, you know, the, the lesser club in the draw. Uh, but that they were nailed on for Leeds. Apparently, I think that was already set in stone that Leeds were getting a feathers done at home. Um, just just a bit negative there. Um, but yeah, no, I mean. It, some big sides in there, isn't it? I mean, uh, obviously Hull and Castle, but what what a tie that is. I, I, you know, as good as Castle playing, Hull can, you know, they can do some damage and uh, at home as well. That That's a massive game. Warrington Wigan, um, it, it, that'll depend on who's fit to play. If, if Wigan get the players back, the truth back, you wouldn't want to face them because they, you know, they're, they're, they're still in excellence. I know we beat them the other week and, they, you know, these things around that, but. They're, 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 they'll be very tough. Um, but like I say, looking around the rest of the draw, really not. It didn't overly concern me. I was just hopeful it would be at home 
uh, and we've been fortunate that we've had three home ties now, well we will have had, and uh, yeah, you know, it's winnable, it's, it's exciting, it's time to, you know, maybe start dusting off a few rosettes or something, I don't know, <laughs> um, but no, it's less, you just get through the Wakefield game and then semi-final comes and it's just, you know, it's a lottery from there, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose the only problem, Paul, is it's Thursday night, if it him in a Sunday, you know, who knows what kind of crowd we've got, but for me, opportunity for the club to go big. Challenge got quarter final, team in form, playing a winnable game at home. Let's go to town. Yeah, I think I think on a Sunday you probably would have targeted maybe six or seven thousand, but you've not got to be negative about it. You know, that's the card we've been dealt. There's nothing we can do about it because you know television and things like that now seem to have have a holdover as don't we for one thing or another they provide the money and you have to sort of uh, sing to their tune don't we so let's let's not moan about it let's get on with it let's let's market it there's, there's plenty of time that game's about a month or so away now isn't it so we've got there's quite a few league games to play before then I think if the club can get on board with this and the supporters we can really market that it's the road to Wembley it's a massive game it's a really important game and uh, alright it's a Thursday night but you know it's Friday the day after isn't it then it's a weekend so we can have a lying at weekend can't you come on have a late night it's open it's going to be a tremendous game. I mean, the the, the game at Bellevue was a was a, was a top match. When it you know, Masilla could have won it for us there in the last minute, and I'm glad it's our own game because we never seem to uh, to get the result at, uh, at Wakefield's ground. So, uh, but it should be a great night, and it, there really is a marketing opportunity there. I know it's a Thursday night, it's going to be difficult, like I just said, but uh, quarterfinals of the cup, I'm sure we can uh, make that special. Yeah. So obviously, we're going to be you know talk about that uh, hopefully in the next few weeks. And what we'll do now, uh, after all the news is finished, which is what we've done now, we'll uh, we'll talk about the win against Hulkia last week in a cup. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford Red Devils got through to the next round of the Challenge Cup by beating Hulkington Rovers 24 points to 14 on Friday, Paul. Great, great result. Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, I was a bit worried in the first half. I, I sort of settled my nerves when um, when Lyon scored that try. I thought it ran out of time and meant to, to swing, but I was impressed with Lulcair. I thought they came out of the blocks. It was a pulsating game, end-to-end. And, um, yeah, they they looked they look good. Sean Lunt, I thought, was good for them in that first half. He he took the game to us, and I was impressed with the way they played. But uh, second half, I thought I thought we was tremendous second half. Yeah, Salford's lineup up was Niall Ebbles at full-back, Greg Johnson, Josh Jones, Chris Wellen, Junior Sal, Rob Lewitt, Michael Dobson, Lee Mossop, Logan Tompkins, Lamatazzi, Ryan Lannan, Ben Murnett Masala, Oli Krinicki, and on the bench was Chris Brining, Craig Cockjack, Weller Ackett, and Gaz O'Brien. Uh, strong side, that. Very, very strong. I was surprised when, uh, when I got to the ground and I'd seen, you know, it was listed. I mean, I was surprised to see Junior on the wing, I think. I actually thought it was a bit of a risk, to be fair. And, you know, and Jake Bibby being, you know, taken, I don't know if he's got a knock or whatever, but cause he's been in some great form, that, you know, the young lad. But, um, no, I mean, it works. We needed a strong team. And, you know, we mentioned last week that Watto won't, uh, he won't take his foot off. And he said after, you know, at the Toronto game that he was going to put a strong side out. He got, you know, he wants to win games and that builds that momentum. And I, I tend to find, I don't know about anybody else, but when, when you're winning, uh, players don't get injured as much. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but uh, I, I, I don't know. If you get beat every week, certain players don't want to know. Um, so yeah, no, it, it, really strong team, really strong lineup, and, and you know that's the, the respect that OKR deserve. Yeah, obviously OKR started off like a house on fire. Uh, Paul, uh, two tries by Sean Lunt, kind of the, both the same move, going blindside at the scrum. 
Uh, but Ian Watson was having a having a coach meltdown at that point. Yeah, I bet he was, especially to concede two like that. I mean, the first one was bad enough. He, he went from about 60 yards and then we just completely misread the situation. But, no, credit, credit to Lund. I think he's, he's a clever player, Sean Lund. And, um, I remember after us winning that million pound game last year, I, I sort of thought if he's available, he might be the sort of player we, we'd go looking for because he's very experienced, playing the Challenge Cup final, played for Leeds, Huddersfield. And, you know, he... Yeah, I thought he he was good for them in that in that first period, but they've got a bit of pace in in their side as well. Some good young players, but uh, but yeah, conceding those two tries there, I thought our backs were against the wall, and especially when they kicked to penalty and extended it to fourteen nil. Yeah, fourteen nil, Parker. Uh, I don't know what's going through your head, but I was thinking, oh my god, fourteen nil at home against Ulkiar. They were in total control, but luckily for Salford, got back in the game with a try from Ryan Lannan. Yeah, I, I remember saying last week on here um, that. You know, we couldn't afford to give away a start like we did with Toronto. And and we made a worse start, really. Um, their second try, I still think, very, very dubious. And watched it back. It's uh, a penalty for mine. The referee had gone to the video ref. It wouldn't have been given. However, you know, you know, well worth trying. Obviously, with a coach like Tim Sheedy, you, you're going to get that kind of stuff. Um, but when he went to 14-0, I remember turning around and saying, I think we're in a bit of trouble here. Mm. And if they'd have gone on the score again, I think that it could have been curtains, but uh, we needed something, and it, it was Dobbo who came up with the, the goods again with that, that little grubber through, and you know, perfectly placed and, and well read by Ryan Manning. And it, he went onto it like a steam trainer. You wouldn't want to get in his way, to be honest, to stop him. Yeah, like you say, he's playing out of his skin, obviously, in the, in the second half, Paul. He, he thought he'd scored, he was kissing his badge, he was giving us a wave and getting caught short. Uh, but that's experience, I suppose, he'll learn from that, won't he? Yeah, I think Ian Watson had a quiet word in his ear all day about that. And uh, the thing was, it was a great break, that. It was a tremendous break. And Ryan Lallon, we, we've seen him score tries. You know, He's got pace, hasn't he? He's a very bright lad, very bright future ahead of him, I think, Ryan. And he'll learn from that one. If you watch the replay back, he just got a bit of an ankle tap, didn't he? And lost his balance. And, and that was that. But yeah, when he put his arm in there, I remember saying, see, what's he doing here? And uh, he's just wearing But that try, I think he got on half-time. It gave me a big lift that because you could sort of see us OKRs throwing a lot at us there, aren't they? And you know, for us to go in with 14 points to six and then come out and get that try straight straight at the start of the second half, I thought the momentum of the game started to change there. And OKR, I felt, had blown themselves out a bit in that first half. Yeah, second half, Parker. Salford came out flying. Wonderful try by Craig Kotchak coming on to the ball like an express train and going under the post. Smooth, slick, and Salford were back in the game. Yeah, I'll be honest, when he ran onto that ball and he was running round, I, I didn't realise it was him. Um, he's got a decent turn of speed for a big man. Um, but yeah, we did. We started We started really well. I think obviously a few things might have been said at half-time and uh, Watto and his coaching staff would have gone round. And even the players themselves would have known that he let himself down a little bit in the first half, uh, a little bit sloppy and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, just, just weren't up for it at the time. But second half was was fantastic and that, you know uh, we, we just needed I don't know a lift from some players and then you know one or two stood up and, and Coffey was certainly one of them yeah obviously the, all the players in the second, uh, second half Paul you know were, were switched on um, Salford then from the base of a scrum grinding going blindside and running streaking away to score to put us in front yeah Chris Bryan another one with a massive future of him there I think Watching it back, I thought it looked like they had a bit of a planned move on there because Brian had packed down at loose forward, didn't he? I can't remember who it was. He was in Ucker. I think it might have been Iraqi. 
But, uh, but yeah, he, he screamed away there. He's got pace to burn, hasn't he? Chris Browning, very clever player. And he's a, he's a lad that's improving every week. I mean, he's been tremendous the last few weeks and uh, really cementing his place. I think he was brilliant away at Wigan. And he's maturing every week. And he's a special player, really special player. That, that was a big try for us, that. Yeah, obviously, at that point, Paul, it became a bit of an arm wrestle. Ulkins uh, was, you know, kept performing, kept trying to, you know, unsettle us. But I think this team showed what they were made of by, you know, grinding out the result. Yeah, we've we said it a few times, haven't we? This is a different sort of this. This is, uh, you know, in the past at 14-0, even against the championship side, we'd, we'd have probably just got beat. We'd, you know, we'd have made a bit of a comeback. But we, we took control of the game and our key players... You know, Dobbo, Rob Lewis, uh, you know, really stood up and the forwards got stuck in. Um, but just going on to, to Browning, for me, my man of the match, I've got to say, uh, I've watched the game back and he, his speed at the play of the ball and his quick thinking, you know, he spots a gap, he goes for it. But he, he, he gives us an extra 10 metres, gets us on that front foot and then, you know, the, the rest of the team go forward. I thought he was magnificent and that try, you know, well worked, but... You know, he, he, again, another one with a bit of pace because you have to run quite a, quite a long way for that. Um, so yeah, brilliant. But the, the key players had to had to stand up and and did, and that's you know that that's what you get with these lads. And there are, there are no sort of you know didn't appear to be a sort of prima donna or anything like that. I'm in control. It's a team thing. Um, but when you've got a, you know a player like like Dobbo and Rob Louis causing havoc, um, and and Chris Brownie doing what he was doing, uh, yeah. The rest of the team can kind of work off that, and uh, and we did. And once we got on top, I, I didn't feel, you know, even though the, the score was still tight, I still thought we had another gear to go through, and, and you know, we, we, I thought we were always going to win the game from that point. Yeah, big players do big things in in big uh, with big moments. Paul and uh, Ben Murdoch-Masala crashing over to score to to send us through to the next round. Yeah, the big play for me there was Chris Wellham. Uh, Rob, mm. tremendous again. I mean, he's assisted a few times this season with clever things. He scored some good tries and some good finishes, but he's come up with some clever plays. Grubber kicks through. I think he kicked through uh, the week before I think the witness game. I think he put a good kick through with Johnson. His partnership with Johnson has been brilliant, but just his his awareness there to, to just just be calm, pat that ball back. He knew Masilla was there, and you know Masilla does the business. You're not going to stop stop uh, stop him from about five or ten yards out. But great play from Weller. But you know, good finish again from from Big Ben, and he's. Uh, He's weighing in with the tries, Ben. I'm not sure how many he's got now, but he's, uh, he must be up there. He's, he's scored a few this season. Yeah, so that score obviously completed the game. Salford were were made winners. We spoke uh, to Lee Mossop, Logan Tompkins and Greg Johnson after the game. And this is what they had to say. Right, after tonight's win, Greg Johnson has kindly agreed to join me. Another super performance from yourself there going forward, Greg. Yeah, thanks a lot, mate. And I said I'm... Uh... I said to you before, we're in a good place at the moment, and uh, got a good group of lads, and I said, showing in the field. So, who can't bright it to us in the first half? They know they're killing championship, they're a good team, a good set of lads, and we're obviously Sheen was here, so he's brought a lot to them as well. Well, I've just been speaking to Willie Poach, and he was singing your praises of how much your game's coming on, so you're making great strides this season. I've noticed one thing that you're doing, you're coming in field a lot more, aren't you? Yeah. And, you know, making a lot more yards, taking pressure off the forwards. Is that something you've worked on? Or? Yeah, that's what it is. He said, I'm a, I'm a good yardage carrier. He said, hey, what your strengths are, you're strong, you've got to feet, you're quick. People uh, find it hard to tackle you. So, obviously, the forwards, they work the guts off in the middle. So, I go in and he help him out now and again. So, it's good that I'm getting him on the front foot and helping the team go forward. So, I said it's a team performance, but it's good to um, get in recognition for what I'm doing. How much are you looking forward to next weekend, Magic Weekend, playing at St. James yeah, Park, yeah, big football stadium? Yeah, it's a good ground and uh, 
hopefully the weather's nice, it'll make it a lot better of a day, but yeah, and it's against Lee as well, so we like to earn them over. So. But you need a bit of a rest now, I think. You, the games have come thick and fast yeah. after Easter, and there's a nine-day rest now to that. That's probably the vitally yeah, important so I mean, now as a trainer. Our turnarounds have been pretty um, uh, quick and short, so at a seven-day, but that Easter period still really catching up on people. Like I said, I've got a nine-day turnaround, and then we're back into it, they'll be Friday Monday, so we're smart this week, and uh, get the bodies all right and going to the game. Going? going for a win. Well, well done again tonight, mate. Right, cheers, best man. of luck next week. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. So I'm joined by uh, Lee Mossop. That was a great win, that in the Challenge Cup as well. It was, mate. It was, mate. Uh, just the main thing was was just to get into the next round, have our name in that hat. Um, it wasn't a good performance by any means, uh, but at the same time we weren't shot. We knew who we're going to throw everything at us. We know it's going to be a real arm wrestle, and we just need to work in our starts a bit better. I mean, that could have gone. If they'd have got another try, it's a different game, that's so There's a lot of positives to take, but there's a lot to work on as well. Yeah, obviously looking forward, you know, into the next round, you know, confidence is up, you know, we're towards the top of the of the league table. You know, League and Cup double could be a, could be on, couldn't it? Of course it is, yeah. Uh, we're real positive at, at the minute. Um, we know if we if we play well we can mix it with anyone. So like I say, we need to keep working hard in training and just working our starts and uh, we'll be going confident into any game. Yeah, Magic Weekend next week. The fans are all going up to Newcastle. It's going to be a great occasion and hopefully we'll come away with the two points. Definitely, yeah. Uh, but again, that's going to be a solid, solid game. Uh, obviously, we played Lee a couple of weeks back and it was, as a group in middles we spoke, that was one of the toughest games we played all year. So we'll be in for another tough game and uh, again, we're looking forward to it. Cheers, thanks for talking to us in the Devil in the Detail. Nice one, thank you. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. So I'm jo joined by Logan Tompkins. Big win, that. Yeah, it was a, it was a really big win. We made hard work of it, uh, but we knew that OK, I would turn up uh, with uh, you know a good mentality that they want to turn us off after all the drama that happened last year. But uh, they did play well and uh, they give us a good go. But we've just scraped through in the end, really. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a pulsating encounter, both sides playing good rugby. It was great to watch. What was it like to play in? Uh, yeah, it was hard work. Uh, it felt like it was on the back foot a lot first half, but we did well to just sort of you know keep in the game and. Uh, our bench came on and really lifted us. I think without our bench, we'd have been struggling, uh, like Sir Chris Browning and Coppy. Uh, so, yeah, they uh, really brought us back in the game and then we kicked on from there. Yeah, magic weekend next week. You know, loads of soul fans going down. Players are excited as well about it. Yeah, yeah, it's a good fix. I've not really thought uh, too much about it yet because we just try and do the, the weekend hand. But, uh, yeah, I suppose it is a, it's a great place to go and, uh, you know, the media and everything that comes with it. It's good for the sport, so it's a bit different, but uh, we just need to concentrate on getting a win and uh, keep establishing our point in the table. Cheers, thanks for talking to us in Denver, the Nito. So, Paul, all three players, you know, happy with the performance? Yeah, definitely. I think they were all really pleased with that. It was a, it was a good second half display. And it's a cup tie, Rob. At the end of the day, and all you've got to do is, is make sure you're in front when the, the, the final whistle goes. And they did the business, and I think they'll be very pleased with what they did in the second half. And talking to the players after the game, I think I think they were pleased now that they've got like a nine-day turnaround before they play league. It's been a busy few weeks after Easter and with the cup ties as well. And you know, I think the, I think the rest this week will do them the world of good. Yeah, Ian Watson was was busy this week, Paul. So you had a chance to speak to Willie Poaching. Uh, in coach's corner and this is what he had to say coach's corner right Willie Poaching's joined me after that big win that tonight uh, Willie um, how do you think we went tonight yeah, tough, tough game tough win it was a tough win one side was a big win we had to grind it out and we had to uh, sort of regroup at half time and have a change of mindset that was a big one for us but you know we were disappointed with uh with the way we were going in the first half, especially defensively, but you know, full credit to Hokkaido. They 
they came to play, and I think so. And you know, they put a couple of trick shots on us, and you know, that's uh, some smart coaching on their behalf. And you know, we we were really tested there, and, but I'm really proud of the resilience and some of the mental toughness that the work that showed in the second half, especially. Did Hall KR take you by surprise in the first half? Oh, were you prepared for that? Because they, no, they, they played fast, a fast game, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did, and we knew. We knew from doing our homework that they were going to play a certain style and, and they lived up to that, but we just weren't good enough in the ruck. And on top of that, we just gave them too many opportunities. We just weren't controlling the ball well enough and to give an opposition, especially a quality team like that, as much ball as we did. It was just, you know, it got too hard for us and, you know, we needed to stem that tide and thankfully that came at half time. What did he say to the boys you went in at half time? Uh, there were one or two people that we had to. Uh, have a stern word to, and, and they understood, they knew, but collectively, we, you know, things I've spoken about already, we had to be better controlling the ball, um, run a bit harder, we went away from what we wanted to do in that first half, and I thought we were a lot more direct in, in the way we ran, and that was, that was, that was indicative of the way we started, you know, we, we punched holes through them, and got them on the back foot, and we got a reward almost instantly after half time, so... You know, once once that happened, that was a big key for us, and, and the guys understood that. You know, it was a it was a way for us to to claw ourselves back. And like I say, to their credit, our guys they were fantastic. And, you know, Hulk AR, um, they were wonderful today. I, I thought their supporters can be really proud of, of their team and how they played. And, and you know, they're going to be dangerous come the middle eights. Definitely, Craig Copjack again, and Ben Murdoch was coming up with a big play. You know, Craig Copjack both, but Craig Copjack showing a clean pair of heels there, and I think he went about 50 yards there, didn't he? And, Went around the fullback to score a great yeah, prop forward strike. Yeah, really good, really good. And he's athletic and he you know, showed not long ago in St Helens that he's got that ability and he's got that pace. But, you know, a lot of our forwards, you know, Craig's been doing that off the bench for a little while now. And, uh, well, Haraki playing his first game and playing some big minutes. And, you know, Benny Murdoch and so um, Been a tail strength for us on that right edge all year. And more so again. So, yeah, then plus there's some, uh, some individuals who really had a crack and I thought, Greg Johnson was was wonderful for us, bringing the ball back, dangerous every time he carried, and you know we've got to try and find that and, and some consistency in start games the way we started the second half. Just going back to Greg Johnson, I've noticed the change in the way he's played this season. He seems to be a lot smarter as a player. He'll sort of come in field rather than get dragged out into touch. He comes in looking for work, and he, he makes a lot of yards doing that. I think he's improved as a player this season. Greg. Yeah, and it, you know it's working for him. And when things start working for you. And, you become happy with that style of play, and you know he started getting some joy from the start of the season, playing down the middle for us. But you know, I, I agree, he is playing smart. He's giving our big fellas some some time off the ball and giving them a rest when they need to. And he's really busy and industrious for us, and really productive too. So he's a, not just fast, but he's a strong man. He's tough to tough to handle. And prior to coming here, I, I really respect um, how strong he was. And, so, you know, as long as we keep getting into his hands, you know, we can get him to keep doing that for us, it'll be good. How important is it now we've got, like, I think it's nine days rest now before we play late at the Magic Weekend. It must be must be great for you guys now to have that bit of rehabilitation time to get some, you know, it's been a tough few weeks after the Easter period, hasn't it, for you guys? And, you know, obviously that bit, that rest and rehabilitation now for the Magic Weekend. Yeah, it feels like the games were coming thick and fast um, since Easter, but, yeah, this, this is a timely period for us to sort of, let the guys have a bit of a break, let them have a rest and, you know, we'll try and freshen them up but also get some long work, overdue, overdue work. You know, when the games are coming thick and fast, you've got to 
manage your training sessions and the content of what you do. We can do a bit more with them this week, and we'll try and do that in preparation for Lee, because we understand you know, how hard they're going to be after playing them down here. Um, regardless of how their form has been, um, they're having a week off. They've got a weekend off this week, so they're going to be extra fresh. And we've got to be smart in how we do it to be ready again, again against a side that gave us a real battle, especially down the middle here. Um, some of our forwards were saying how tough that contest was when we played them. We'll be ready for them again. Well, thanks very much for speaking to Devil in Detail, Willie. Best of luck, and I'll see you at Newcastle next week. Thank you. So, Willie Poaching this week talking to you, Paul. Uh, he had a lot of good things to say. Yeah, he did. Watto uh, sent his apologies. He had to go and see the physio straight from the game. So, uh, you know, credit to Watto. He sent uh, Willie out to see us straight away. And, you know, Willie spoke really well. Um, I think he's done wonders with, with the with the players this season. The defence has really come on. He's really knowledgeable and um, I'm really chuffed with, with, the, with the, Willie Poaching's doing with the, with the coaching staff. Yeah, a lot of people, Parky, talk about Willie Poaching being the, the man who's making the best, made the difference both in attack and defence. And it was great to, you know, see what he had to say after, after the win. Yeah, 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 it was a bit of a surprise really when he came to us at the end of last season after obviously, you know, the old car again, another connection there. Um, but he's got a wealth of experience. I remember when he was, he was playing and when he first went to Wakefield um, and at the time, I, I know Salford were very keen to, to sign him. Uh, shame we missed out because, you know, a fantastic player, but he, he's played under some really good coaches and, and you can see, yeah, again, him and, you know, Glee, some people had that behind the scenes with Watto what a difference it's made and that, that's made us this team that we are when I say that you know this is different this this is it it's from the coaching you know the, the, the lads are being coached they're being brought along and, and Willie you know obviously from, from his interview a very uh, you know a very excitable character you know he loves the game and he'll talk about it forever so uh, yeah no good to have him around yeah it'd be great obviously you know big thanks to all the 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 people out there, our listeners, with their three-word match reports and uh, man of the matches. We'll start with Paul King. Um, he says, uh, Watto's half-time team talk. Uh, and his man of the match was Chris Brynan. Um, Willow's rolled Wellen, who shot Lannan. Um, talking about the Ryan Lannan incident. Chris and Janet Shenton, uh, great second half. Their man of the match was Lamatazzi, Paul. You know, that was uh, another great performance by, by him. Yeah, definitely. We spoke about Lamar a few times this season and said how... How well he's come on and since he's returned. <coughs> Excuse me, losing my voice. I have to go get myself a drink of water. Lads. Um, yeah, Lama Taz has been great. He, he, he lands on his front. He gets up, gets us that role, and especially with Chris Bryan playing off the back of him. You know, when we get that pace and that role going, uh, you know, we're hard to stop. Yeah, the way things are at the moment, Paul, and we're surprised it's not something a little stronger than water. Next one we've got is uh, Colin Reynolds, uh, Magic Second Half. Uh, his man that match was a big man mountain. Uh, ben Murnett Masala, Andy Lancashire, patience br br brings rewards. His man match was Chris Bryan in Chairman Bob. Game is 80 minutes. Um, his man match was Copy. Uh, Gra uh, Graham Jones, tremendous rugby game. All 34 players. Credit to both sides, Parky. Like we said, Ulkia came and, and they gave us a game, didn't they? They, they did indeed. And I, I know uh, last week when I was putting me. You know the, the the players to watch kind of thing together. Sean Lump was obviously one of them, and uh, I, I put Ben Kane in, and uh, he certainly got involved in the second half, should we say? But uh, just going back to, to some of the you know the, the match report and, and man of the match. I mean, Tarzi was yeah fantastic. Yeah, some of the hits he puts in are, are frightening, to be honest. I think if, if he hit me like that, I'd probably never get up again. You know, some of the shots he puts in, how the players roll, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I 
another player that, that Paul mentioned before, Chris Wellham. You know, fantastic game again. Um, but yeah, oh, both teams really showed up. It was a good cup tie, really, really good. You know, Hulka and Mead a real, real arm, stuff, uh, arm wrestle. And that's, that's, that's probably what we needed. You know, it sets us up nicely again for this week. Rather than having a week off and playing, you know, like Leeds played Barrow, you know, putting 70 on. on <coughs> nobody learns anything from that. And uh, we made mistakes. We had to correct them. We'll watch them in the video this week. And, you know, I, I think I think Hulka did, did a great, you know, a great favour, really. Yeah, I suppose, you know, games like that, uh, Parker, you know, keeps your bat battle hardened, hardened, keeps you on your toes. And that's what we need, really, I suppose. We need to be, you know, tested every week uh, to see how far we can go. Uh, next one we've got is Gary, Will Gary Williams, Ryan Lannan, oops, his man of the match was Chris Brining. Matt Gilry, 80-minute game, his man of the match was Chris Brining. Katie Reynolds, great second half, and her man of the match uh, was uh, Big Benny. Uh, Kate Reynolds listens to us, Paul, driving to work. She uh, she tweeted us, uh, says that we may make, make her week, which is pretty pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's cool, that, yeah. Do you know what, Rob? I listen to her sometimes when I'm driving to work, when I remember. But, but yeah, that's great, that, that's brilliant. I hope she's enjoying the show. Probably, probably slammed her brakes on that. Woo! <laughs> anyway, next one. Uh, <laughs> Richard Martin, half-time rollicking. And his man of the match was Lambertazzi. Paul Greenhall, second half revival. Uh, Alex... Holdy, uh, scrappy, dis disjointed and superior and the fans I think that was a bit harsh that Paul, I don't think we were you know, scrappy and disjointed, I just think second half we, we, we came to town Yeah, I think we did the second, I think the first half, you, you could probably describe that for, for section of the first half, but I think you've got to give O'Care a lot of credit, I thought I, I said to you on, on Friday night, I couldn't believe how, how quick the game was, you know the pace of the game, you know, considering O'Care are a first division side and I don't think they are a first division side. I think they, they could they could probably hold their own in the Super League. And it was it was a very quick paced game, and they caught us. I think they caught us cold, um, but we responded to it, and that's what you've got to do. And it, in a way, it was quite a similar game to the Toronto game, where my dad said to me at time they won't score a point in the second half. Okay, we've got them. We'll, we'll turn the screw. And, and he said that in the Toronto game, we did the same thing. So, so yeah, I mean, as long as you get the win in the cup, that that's all that matters. And I think. I think we played it right, and whatever Ian said to the boys at halftime, you know, Ian Watson's a good coach and he knows the business, and you know, we saw that again on, on Friday night. Yeah, Royal, a big comeback Kings. His man of the match was Chris Brining. Gary Carter never celebrate early. Uh, his man of the match was Dobson. Uh, Swinton Red made hard work. His man of the match, Ben Murnup Asala. Paul Hume, Featherson away, please. Um, his man of the match was Brining. And finally, Christopher Fletcher, quality second half. And uh, his man of the match was Dobbo. So, yeah, happy days. Good performance, Parky. And, uh, you know, roll on. Let's see where we go. Yeah, uh, a lot, just going back to Ryan Lanner. I mean, you know, he's funny now watching. And you know, I'm sure I'm sure he, he, you know, a few words have been said to him by, by the coach and, and some of his players. And it's something he's not going to live down for a while. But that's the character that he is. You know, we mentioned it last week. And Watto said he thinks he's the king of Wigan. And, you know, that kind of thing. He's... He is that character, and I wouldn't want to take that out of him. Obviously, he's got he's got to learn when to do it, but um, he's a he's a bold lad and uh, a bold lad with a big future. And he, you know, it happened. We ended up getting two points from a penalty straight off it anyway, so you know it wasn't all bad. Um, but yeah, it's a bit crazy. But just just like you say, just a good game by two two solid teams, and uh, I'm glad we're not going to be in that uh, that that middle eight this year. Well, fingers crossed, um, because I, I wouldn't fancy you know. Playing OKR okay, with their, you know, they're only four home games as well. Mm. Um, they're they're going to be a tough, tough nut. And if you're finishing that bottom four this year, you could be in trouble. 
Yeah, Okiawa were a tough nut, but we cracked them on Friday, uh, winning 24 points to 14. We spoke to Salford legend and Okiawa legend uh, Nick Pinkney uh, after the game, and this is what he had to say. Right, delighted to say we've been joined by Nicky Pinkney, ex-Salford and uh, Hulkear, Keithley legend. What do you think of the, the Salford team this season? Um, well, it's not this season, they've been building really well over the last few seasons, haven't they? And, um, you know, I just think now you've got more of a settled team, you've got two halves that seem to be able to run things for yourselves and they look like a, a more of a complete, a complete team and, um, you know, running high in the table, it's, it's great to see. Obviously being from up the whole neck of the woods, you must keep your eye on Hulk KR. How impressed were you with the first half they played this this half? They, they caused a lot of problems, didn't they? Yeah, look, we came into the game thinking that the, the size of Salford would be a real issue for Hulk KR. And, and it was always going to be, but it ended up being that Hulk KR's, you know, lack of size caused Salford trouble because there was there was really quicker on that dummy half area and attack and defence has seemed to run that area a lot in that first half and it, and it caused Salford a lot of troubles. But I mean, when you when you let a big team like Salford off the lead, which Rovers did in that, that first 20 minutes of the second half, um, Rovers really struggled to, to pick back up after then and, and they took a lot of energy out of the tank and you know, I thought Salford ran away with it. Yeah, pace of the game was unreal, both sides playing good rugby as well, it was a very entertaining game. Yeah, it was a great game to watch, fantastic cup tie wasn't it? And you know, I, I, w I was there and I was talking about the game and, um, and I think it would have been detrimental to the game if Salford had not scored another try because the game was close, it was a great cup tie and it would have put a bit of a slanted view on the game if Salford had scored another one. So um, I think OK, I've got what they needed to get out of the game. They've got bigger fish to fry a bit later in the year. They want to get back up to Super League and maybe another step in, in, in the Challenge Cup may have been a little bit too much for them. So um, I think they've got what they needed to get tonight. But Salford, you know, they, they got there in the end, didn't they? But it was a tough slog, but um, it was a good game. Yeah, coming back to Salford, you've got some good memories here. You're a, you're a fan's uh, favourite for us uh, back in the day. Um, did you enjoy your time at Salford? I loved it, yeah. I really did. I was, I was here for two and a half years, um, which doesn't seem that long, but I had some really good times here. We, we, we played some real good games, got some real good tries, and, um, you know, that was always something I did. I loved scoring tries, and that was, that was why they brought me here, and, and I did that. I got a chance to play with... a. a, a a legend and a, and, a, and a colleague of mine at the time was Martin Fire. you know that was great for me and um, yeah, I just think we had, we had a good side you know we was never going to you know win anything I don't think but we, we had a good solid team we had a good, we had, we had good fun out there Your try ratio at every club you seemed to play at was seemed phenomenal especially at Keithley I think didn't he score more tries than he played games for Keithley I did yeah I did um, I, I scored 252 in the end um, I didn't know that because I was looking at it in lots of long backs. So, um, <laughs> yeah, 400 games, 252 tries. Not, not, not so bad. What, what are you up to these days? Are you doing like broadcasting work now after your retirement from the, the sport? Um, yeah, I, I work for the radio on beside back in Hull. Um, but more to the fact, I'm, I'm, I'm back on my tools. I'm a, I'm a fabricator welder by trade and I went back to doing that. So I do the radio part time and um, I'm a grafter full time. That's brilliant. Well, thanks for speaking to Devil in Detail and uh, good luck with all your uh, future plans, Nick. No problem. Thanks very much. No problem. Cheers, mate. Thanks Cheers. A lot for that. Yeah, Paul, so we spoke to Nick Pinkney after the game. What a nice bloke. Yeah, great bloke. And I, I liked Nicky when he played for, for Salford. I remember us signing him. I thought it was a great signing because I remember his try record when he played against us. You know, Christopher Keith Cougars when he played for them. I think, speaking to him Friday night, he scored more tries than he played games for them. So he always had a cracking try ratio on it. And I think he did when he came to Salford. He scored a fair few for us as well. So yeah, great bloke, and uh, you know he's he's doing really well with his, with his media stuff. So uh, so good on him. Yeah, scored some great tries for us, uh, Parker. You know, very quick, knew where the line was. Uh, Fortunately, he was kind of in a team that didn't really kind of achieve much. But you know, he's definitely uh, he's up there when it comes to wingers who wore the red shirt. 
Oh, fantastic try scorer and a great winger for for us. Uh, really good. Never really put too, you know too much wrong. Uh, him and you know Frank Maloney as well with him uh, as a, as a centre. But yeah, Pinkney he had he had some real pace as well. He was a quick lad. Um, but yeah, great great try scorer and uh, it's good to see that another player is still involved with the game. You know. Might be you know media side, but really really good character, nice bloke, and I don't, I don't think anybody out there would, would have a bad word to say about him. Yeah, so that was a great interview with him. Obviously, still later on the show we've got Ray French talking about what he thinks Salford Red Devil season's all about so far. But what we'll do now, we'll uh, we'll have a look what the amateur sides did in Paul's uh, report. Right guys, we'll start this week's amateur report with uh, the National Conference League as usual. National Conference Premier League. There was a game on Saturday the 13th of May. Rochdale Mayfield had a good win. They beat Egremont Rangers by 30 points to nil, leading 8 points to nil at half-time. Big win for Mayfield. That, that takes them up to 4th in the table, just behind Wathbrow, Stato Heath and Siddall. So big win there for Rochdale Mayfield. Moving on to Division 2. So after last week's heroic Salford City Roosters beating Drillington, they played uh, Saddleworth Rangers in a local... The Northwest match. Saddleworth Rangers running away with it though. They beat Salford City Roosters by 51 points to nil. So uh, we wish the Salford City Roosters best of luck this week and uh, hope they can bounce back from that one. In Division 3, there was one game. Oldham St. Anne's won. They beat Jude Moor Maroons by 40 points to 16. And the fixtures for this week, these games will all be played on Saturday, the 20th of May. Most of them usually have two kickoffs. Uh, Rochdale Mayfield away. They're, they go to Wathbrow Hornets. Wathbrow sitting four points above them in the league. So that's a big top of the table clash. In Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers play Crossfields and in Division 3 there's a local derby between Oldham, Oldham St Anne's and Waterhead Warriors. So that was Paul's amateur report and now what we'll do, we'll, uh, we'll see what Ray French thinks about Salford's season so far. I'm delighted to say I've been joined by rugby league legend and broadcasting legend, Mr Ray French. Uh, thanks Ray for speaking to us. How, how do you assess how Salford are going this season? Are you impressed? I'm very impressed. I think they're doing uh, very, very well. I, I, I think it's a testimony to a lot of work uh, behind, uh, behind the scenes. I think Ian Watson, um, I, I'd like an Ian to Daryl Powell at, uh, at Castleford. I think they know what they want. I think uh, they're steeped in the game. They know what they're they're doing and and I think I think they're playing the right kind of kind of rugby you know um, there's a lot of five drives and a kick in the game at the moment it's, it's very programmed but, but um, Salford are playing good rugby they, they, you know they're moving it about a good pair of half backs who, who know what they're doing I, I've been very impressed with them I mean, it was a tough game today against Witness, and Witness have improved. You know, we had a good win at Witness away earlier on in the season, and they've really improved. But how much have you noticed in Salford's improvement from from the side we had last season to this season? Well, I think I think uh, the improvements is in players that you've uh, you've brought in uh, a lot of good quality players. Although even uh, in today's game, you were missing quite a few of your your backs. But um, I think the improvement comes with confidence. I think you know um, Salford have literally come. 18 months from nowhere to where they are where they are today and of course as you win and the more you win the more confident you get and the more you go into a match thinking well you know we can beat these no matter who they are once you've got that in your head um, you're on your way whereas if you're going into it 
where you sit down and you look at a, a program and you think, oh no, he, he, he's good, he's good in the second row, he's this, he's that, then uh, you don't get anywhere. But I think I think uh, Salford now have broken through that barrier and. Uh, the idea is, you know, come and have a go at us now, and uh, and we'll we'll take you on. When you look back, obviously the Salford team of the seventies, the, the the quality street gang, the, the, what they used to call them. Any kind of comparisons to this team building up? I know it took them a few years, didn't it, with the cup final? Are we are we gone the way? Are we on the same sort of route to greatness? Well, um, I mean, they're on the same. On... They're on the routes, but I don't think it's the same route. I think the, you're talking about two totally different eras. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the era of your, um, your David Watkins uh, and, and, and company, um, which was an era after my own era, where the style was the same. It, it, there was a lot of individualistic play in, in the game then. You know, uh, the, the, you had a lot of people who came in from, uh, from Rugby Union, the stars came in from there. Uh, you had a lot of people who came from abroad and they were the top stars um, but what you've got you've got a game in England now where the rugby union player is outpriced uh, to you the top Australian star is outpriced to you so you're playing with a, within a certain um, a certain level um, so that great era of um, Salford contained so many stars so many big names um, that attracted the crowds attracted the attention you've not quite got that and no matter what whether it's Wiggins and Tell and so forth or, or, or what um, there's a there's a programmed to a game uh, now there's a, there's a lot of good what I say good quality coaching where you've got to sit down now and, and think you could not just be a coach and let um, two or three stars when you when you the game out of nothing just by sheer sheer ability so I think the two different eras but uh, Salford certainly they are progressing no, no doubt about it could be a team for the future obviously we keep developing we keep you know, building well, we get a few more signings coming in next season who knows oh, very very much so because I mean uh, I think that uh, you know the more success uh, you have now then you you can build uh, on that I, I just would hope that more, more fans would get behind you and come to the uh, come to the stadium, which which I think is a superb stadium. You know, and, uh, it's really got something about it. There's an atmosphere building up here. I suppose it's all about building uh, sort of memories here. I mean, with Will Old was oh, yes. like a you know hundred years old. Everyone had their own special memory of yeah, that. Yeah. Where we've been here for five or six years, and, and your games like this where you're winning, uh, you know, you bring memories to the table, don't you? And more fans will come and watch. Oh, very very much so. Um, you know, you, you've got to put your stall out. Um, I mean, Salford now. You know, they're becoming headlines in the newspaper and uh, it takes time before people say, well, I think I'll go and have a look at Salford again. And, and, you know, I think it's coming. The club seems to be moving in the, the right direction. I think, you know, we should be looking at that top eight now and maybe even, even higher than that. How, how far do you think Salford can go this season? Well, I think you could be looking at the top four. I mean, if you look at the league that we've got there at the moment, you've got St. Helens and Warrington, traditionally two in the top four every year. I mean, they're really battling. You know, I mean, they're not getting the wins that they the should. The league does seem wide open oh, no, this the, the season. The league is absolutely wide open. Yeah. I mean, look at uh, Wigan, 54 points to four at uh, Castleford. I know, I know Castleford are a good side, but... Well, it's a long, long time. I can remember St Helens beating uh, Wigan with 70 points, actually. But how many times are Wigan beaten by 50 points? You know, that's the league that you've got. And uh, Salford are coming up uh, in a sort of a jet stream, coming round the corner and, and defying the thing. 
It's great stuff. And we're excited. Yeah, very much so. So you should be. So you should be. Well, thank you very much for speaking to us, no, Ray. It's a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thanks pleasure. Any time, lads. No, no problem at all. So, Ray French, Paul, you know, what a nice bloke, a legend of the game. Yeah, he certainly is. I mean, I don't know about you, Rob, but I got a bit starstruck when we, we met Ray French. I mean, we've grown up with him, haven't we? You know, commentating on the BBC, Challenge Cup, on the radio. Um, don't forget, he was, he was a very good player as well, Ray French, in, in his days for uh, St. Helens, I think he played for. But yeah, all round lovely bloke as well. And, um, you know, he had a lot of time for us, didn't he? Really, really great guy. I think he'd have, have stuffed it with us all night. He had a lot to say, didn't he? But, but yeah, it was just pleasing to, to hear the, the nice words he said about Salford as well. Yeah, lots of positive comments. Parker from from Ray French, and I suppose it's it's a good thing. Obviously, him being who he is, he, he knows we you know a good thing because he's been there and he's done it. And he, I think it's positiveness moving forward for the club. Yeah, I mean Ray French has got a wealth of knowledge, a very very uh, very smart man, a very clever man. I think he was a school teacher, wasn't he, for, mm. for a time? Very 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 clever man. And great to see him still uh, still you know fit and well um, since he's gone off the airways. He, He's done a, he was a great ambassador for rugby. He did a fantastic job. You know, he, Eddie Ward, you know, obviously before him, and then Ray. You, you ask people who don't know much about rugby league, they, they'd know their names, they'd know who they were. Um, yeah, good, good to see him. Good to uh, hear his comments really about uh, about you know our club and and, and what he thinks. And because uh, he, you know, in, in his time, he'll have seen a lot of changes at all, but he'll remember, you know, the the fifties and sixties when things probably weren't going too well, and then he'd seen the seventies with us, which were Fantastic. So, yeah, really nice. Uh, and a nice bloke. Nice bloke to boot. Yeah, it was a great interview. And uh, big thanks for Ray French coming on and talking to us on the Devil in the Detail podcast this week. So, obviously, after the Ray French, what we'll do now, we'll uh, talk about the league game at Magic Weekend this week. It's time for the Devil in the So, so for Red Devils take on Hull Kingston Rovers. No, they don't. That's a lie. Wait, Lee, you fool. Yeah, so for Red Devils take on Lee Centurions at Magic Weekend this week. It's going to be a big game. Both sides looking for a win, Paul. And, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting. Certainly, you know, sometimes that Magic Weekend, I think, can be a bit of a leveller, can't it? Because you can get some strange results up there. So I think we need to be on our metal. I know... Uh, Lee are on a bit of a, a sticky run, aren't they, at the moment? I think they've lost six or seven games on the trot. So we, we got to be wary of that. And, you know, they've, I think they've signed somebody this week, this week as well, Lee. I can't remember who it is. But um, a bit of useless information for you. Yeah, but they have signed a player this week. But, uh, so, yeah, I think, that, I think they'll be switched on for us. It was a very close game against them on, on Good Friday. So I'm expecting a really, really tough test. Yeah, showpiece game, Parker. You know, it's important that Salford, you know, come away with a result for me. Yeah, uh, like Paul said, you know, Lee, Lee, I think Lee will target this game. This, this, will, this will mean a lot to him. And uh, it, we, we're playing it, 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 you know, in that game. And these three three uh, matches on the same day, so you change your rooms, they're all different. And, you know, the, the, the routine roll on, roll it's, it's a It's a big difference. And, it, you know, it can probably switch your mind a little bit as a player. Um, so we've got to be really up for it. Uh, and Lee certainly will be. You know, they need to win. They need to get out of this rut they're in. Um, they've still got some decent players there who can cause a lot of problems. Um, we, we shouldn't we shouldn't be nervous about it. You know, we, we, we're a really good team. We're playing well, um, but they've had a rest as well. Um, you know, last week obviously no cup game or whatever, and it, it, that might have helped or it might have hindered 
but they might have got a few players back. I'm not, we're not sure at this point, but oh, a massive game, massive game for us. And like you say, if we win, we get the 20 points. It, you know, who knows? We, you know, we will be secure probably for top eight, and then it's time to concentrate on top six, top four. Mm. Who do you look out for, Paul? And you know, who are the danger men for Lee? Yeah, the guy they just signed, I've just just looked it up for is Matty Fleming. who signed him on on loan from uh, from St. Helens. But uh, yeah, I think there's, there's a sort of connection there. That you've got Harrison Hampton in there. I don't know about Corey Patterson. I don't think he's been playing much for him, has he? Uh, yeah, Liam Wood as well. They've, they've got some some talented players. Like the Crooks as well. I like him. The centre, you know, Lee Crooks is like um, he's always mm. impressed me. I think that Curtis yeah. Smart and is it from Hull. If you go through their side, they've got a lot of sort of. We'll say household names, but quite quite names that sort of jump out. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few of them in their team, and uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough game. But I believe um, Ridyard, the, the halfback there, I think he's gone on loan to Huddersfield, which is uh, which is a bit of a strange decision, I, I thought. But uh, so yeah, I think they've been one of those sides. I think they've not really had a settled team this season. Leah. if you look at Salford side, we've more or less had the same sort of 17, 19 every week and whereas Leeds probably played a lot more players and they've chopped and changed it around a bit and they have got quite a big squad so but there's, there's a lot of experience in there and uh, a lot of Super League experience and players who, who, who won you know, grand finals I think there's a few St. Helens lads in there that are Bay players from Dundee and Matty Dawson so yeah they've got talent all, all over the pitch and uh, I'm sure they're going to give us a test Yeah it's our local derby as well Parker you know it's great we've had a lot of good history with, with Lee and uh, Hopefully a thriller on uh, on Sunday will be another chapter of that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure what's happening with Hawk. Is he is he available? Is he playing? I don't know. He's been in some. I know he had some decent form early in the season, so I'm not sure what what's going on there with him. Um, but yeah, oh, massive massive game, and uh, like you say, the history between us and Lee is you know he's pretty he's pretty interesting over time. Um, but it is a they, they have got some good players, some very good strike players, and they're going to cause us few problems but we, we should be strong enough hopefully you know I don't know if there's, there's any other players coming back for us but you know uh, I mean the squad that they're playing on, on Friday night against OK is certainly good enough um, but is there a bit of movement there I, I don't know was there any knocks taken but a massive massive game for us yeah yeah give us your score prediction uh, Paul oh you caught me I've not, I've not wrote it down I'm going to leave it express hang on <laughs> I've got it somewhere in my phone Took a picture of it. Sorry, Rob. You took a picture of it. Do you not write your own? Do you have, no. do you have someone? Do you have someone who writes them I, down for you? No, I, no, I do. I have prediction league on Facebook. Oh, when I when yeah. I've done my when I've posted my predictions, then we have to put them in by a certain date ah. uh, for the closing date. So I always screenshot them then, so I can remember what I actually wrote. But oh. I've, not, I've not done it this week, so I'll have to just make one up. Um, I think I go for twenty eight sixteen. I think twenty eight sixteen. I think. Like yeah, about you, Parkin? What about you, Parkin? What's your score prediction? Wait, Salford obviously to complete the sort of disorganised approach we've got to this uh, match report, <laughs> match, match, match the uh, the score prediction. I've I've not got my my bingo uh, bingo um, you know machine. machine Andy, so I'm going to have to sort of pick a number out of the sky as well. So I'm going to go. So 
Salford twenty nine, Lee fourteen. 29-14 Salford that sounds like a, a decent result for me Paul yeah that sounds alright well wins a win Rob um, at the end of the day I think I'd take anything as long as you get the two points that's all, all that matters you know we're doing well in the league keep the momentum going and we've got obviously we've got a home game coming up after that against against Catalan so I think you can get any sort of win up there at St James Park like Parky said different atmosphere big stadium different changing rooms you know the players are not used to that throws up some funny scores sometimes so let's just get up there in and out like the SAS two points see you later like the SAS parking that's what it's all about clean get in there get out get the two points yeah like Paul said we win 1-0 we win 1-0 don't we in a football ground doesn't really matter um, yeah just, just get the win and get out you know it's, uh, it is a big thing it's nice to win on, on the big stage you know last year against Witness you know it's a good feeling uh, we've seen it at the, uh, the Etihad as well against Huddersfield we, far too often in these, these big events we've been on the receiving end of something um, so I just hope it doesn't get to the players. I don't, I don't see why it should. But uh, yeah, I think it, I think it'd be a decent game. Though and I think the whole weekend, looking at the fixtures, should be the uh, also you know pretty interesting games. Yeah, and we'll see. Uh, we'll be able to see all the different games on Sky, and you know that's what you want. I suppose you want showpiece uh, rugby uh, being broadcast out to the, uh, the you know the potential supporters of the future, Paul. Yeah, definitely it is. It's like it is a showpiece event, isn't it? And it's, it's a cracking day. I think on the Sunday when we play, I think it's Huddersfield and Catalan before us, and then it's a, it's a real great game after us in prospect. The you know the Leeds against Castleford. So uh, I think I think the rugby league have got the got the draw you know spot on. Really, some really tasty fixtures, and I think we can play Warrington on Saturdays or Saints Hull. So you know, trying to predict them and look at those those games, they're all. I know there's probably a case for. For each side to, to win each game, I mean, Witness play Wakefield as well. I mean, Ranky Chase has got to, to Witness. He'll be making his debut there, so it's going to be a really, really interesting weekend. And I think you might see some surprise scores. I suppose the only problem, Park, is that we were we were on the red button. Now we're on the Sky Sports mix. It's a bit you, you you want to be able to be shown on the main channel at the main time, but that's a, you know that's the bad thing. I suppose rugby the rugby league in the Sky make that decision who plays when. I suppose. Yeah, it's obviously a tough one for Sky as well. You know, they've got they've got to schedule six rugby league games in two days, and and, and there'll be football and everything else. And you know, all where they certainly football at the same time we're playing on on Sunday. So you're going to get shifted in the Premier League. Football is going to take precedent over over anything else, really. So, uh, but it's just good to be on the you know the sport to be shown, and the, and the whole weekend you know to, people can get to see people who who maybe. You know, could be a first introduction of it, seeing what it's like. Um, but yeah, it should, should be a great event, good weekend, good viewing. And as I said, a lot of really good ties. And uh, and, and Paul mentioned, and I, I meant to mention earlier on, he usually throws up the odd uh, strange result. Uh, and I just hope it's uh, obviously not ours. Let's hope not. Let's hope they come away uh, from Newcastle with the two points. So that's the end of another Devil in the Detail podcast, Paul. Another great show. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Really excited for it for Sunday. Really can't wait to get up there. I'm going up Saturday with my family and staying over with my wife's sister. So we're looking forward to that Saturday and obviously the game on Sunday. So let's hope we can get two points. Yeah, big thanks for coming on the podcast again, Parker. You've got your, your big pre-match uh, blog out in the next couple of days. Looking forward to that? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's been interesting getting a bit of information about, uh, about you know, players and obviously... Trying to wait for a squad to come out is difficult to see who's going to actually be in it at the moment. Uh, for, for both sides, for different, you know, varying reasons, league got injuries and players missing, and we've got players coming back. And 
but yeah, there's a few decent tussles again this week, and uh, hopefully I'll go a bit Mystic Meg and pick the right ones. That's what it's all about, Mystic Meg rather than Septic Peg, that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> Uh, so big thanks for, for tuning in to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. Find us on Twitter, at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and whitelinefeverradio.com. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.